0: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply.
1: Welcome to Ask the Expert, North Texas. I'm David Rankin.
0: And I'm Kristen Diaz. And we are joined by Christina Mittner. She is the Vice President of Population Health and Homes with Parkland Hospital. And Christina, you know, we've been hearing about uh, Parkland Hospital wanting to consolidate its youth and family clinics. And that means that some of the clinics are going to be closing. So, for our listeners, we wanted to explain what exactly is the plan and uh, of being able to serve more Dallas families.
2: Sure. So, what we did was we looked at the access to care that we were currently providing within DISD, and we realized that. We really weren't providing the full access that a child needs. So, children and adolescent need healthcare. You know, they get sick every day, and so we had clinics that were only open one to three days per week, and that really wasn't meeting the needs of the community.
1: Why were these clinics only open one to two days a week?
2: So, when we originally started them, um, it was to put them in as many places as we could, so that we could see as as many students across that, the ISD, but. In the end, we found out that, based on feedback from our um, from our patients and the families, that they really needed more regular care for their children.
0: So, just not as efficient as you were hoping it to be by moving to all these different locations. So now, how is the consolidation is going? How is that going to work?
2: So we have eleven. um, currently, we have 11 youth and family clinics, and we're consolidating them down to four in DISD. And these four clinics will be open five days a week. And so what we looked at was which clinics were closer to other areas where we have a Parkland um, facility, so the children where, that live near the clinics that are going to be closed will be going to be transferred to one of our other sites. So we're making sure that no child is left behind.
1: And some of these uh, clinics, are they further away for some families? And will, will it make it a little more difficult for them to get to those new clinics?
2: Well, again, that's what we made sure. We made sure that any of the clinics that we were closing, that there was something, there was a Parkland clinic within their community as well. So nobody will be left without care.
0: You know, with kids, they could have all sorts of ailments. What kind of doctors uh, will be at these facilities? Is it just general practitioners or will there be any specialties?
2: We have general practitioners and pediatricians and so we provide all the care that a child will need for their primary health care needs
1: what kinds of things do you see kids needing especially in a, a hot summer
2: well we have a lot of asthma so asthma is one of our top diagnoses in in our children and adolescents um and every child and adolescent needs a well child exam so this is a an exam that's done multiple times a year or once a year when they become an adolescent, and it looks at all areas of the child's like emotional, mental, and physical well-being. Um, obviously, when school starts, we have a lot of kids that just end up getting sick. Um, just the normal strep throat, cough, and of course, we do a lot of vaccines as well.
0: Are these also bilingual sites? A lot of Hispanics also live and have kids within DISD.
2: We do have staff that are bilingual, but we also have an interpretation line that we utilize at all of our Parkland Health sites that has um, you know multiple languages, if it's a language that one of our staff can't speak.
1: What kind of reactions do you get from the families that you're serving on a daily basis?
2: Oh, they're just happy that we're there and be able to provide care for their children.
0: Has this uh, switch been better for your employees as well?
2: I think that was that was part of it, too. I mean, driving to multiple sites during the week is a lot on staff. Um, and so one of the things that we looked at was also staff satisfaction. So, you know, not just what was best for the community, but also the staff and, you know, increasing the productivity and the access for the children.
1: When you consolidate from 11 down to four, is there a possibility that things might get a little crowded as far as appointments?
2: There could be. Um, we haven't seen it yet. So we open on Monday, July 11th. We haven't seen it yet. But if that it were to come to that, then we would reassess and see if we needed to add more sites or more providers.
0: When we talk about sites, are these um building buildings that were other use and are now being occupied by parkland or these were already properties from parkland that that people were familiar with
2: this is actually a collaboration with disd so this is their property and on their campus so it's really removing the barriers to care for the children and the families by providing this service and this clinic on school property
1: so you you made the choice to go down to these four separate areas and there Mm -hmm. are they in really um, wide variety of places around the area as well
2: yeah they're spread out through dallas county so again these are areas of need like when we looked at parkland's community health needs assessment we these are areas that were identified as need and for our listeners can you give us the rundown of the new locations Sure. So the clinics that will be open five days a week include Addis, Adamson Youth and Family, Box Springs Youth and Family, Fair Oaks Youth and Family, and Seagoville Youth and Family.
1: Um, there's also other clinics that are... Um going to be able to help as well for those that are closing?
2: Sure. So we have um, one of our clinics, Redbird um, Health Center, that opened in September of last year. And so we had a youth and family that was pretty close to it. And so we are closing the youth and family Redbird and those patients will transfer to our Redbird Health Center, which has a full pediatric office. Um, And so that's just one example of one of the clinics that's closing, but the patients will be transferring to one of our community health um, centers.
0: Um, as school gears up, will you guys have any uh, partnerships in town with uh, trying to get families to, of course, get their vaccines, uh, possibly even COVID shots to the area?
2: Yes, we have already started working on that. We always have Walk-In Wednesdays, so on Wednesdays we do um, back-to-school vaccinations, not just at our Youth and Family, but also at our, our, our at our health centers. And then we will also be doing some outreach events specifically within the community just for back-to-school.
1: What is it like for the kids having to go into these clinics? Do they deal with some anxieties? Is it also an anxious time for parents as well?
2: I think that um, it depends on the it depends on the parent and depends on the student. But I will say that there are definitely kids who um, don't like shots, don't like any vaccines, and so no matter what, um, there might be some anxiety for back to school. Um, and then there are some kids that just watch you put the needle on their arm, and they're completely fine with it, and they'll probably be our future nurses and doctors. Yeah, And
0: we've been talking a lot specifically about school-age kids, but do you take toddlers and babies
2: as well? So we started at age four. And so yeah, definitely before school starts. And
0: Christina, as our families are, are spreading the news about these new clinics, what else would you like them to keep in mind?
2: Well, just a reminder that regular care is essential to a child's physical and emotional health, growth, and development. And we want every child to reach their full potential as adults, and that includes regular health care.
0: Alrighty, Christina Mitner, thank you so much for your time today. We appreciate it.
2: Thank you. Thanks for having me. Absolutely.